Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and uh, we are just have just ended Chapter 4 on Programming with Generalized Algebraic Data Types. And I put out sort of an informal light call for suggestions from you listeners um, as to what, we should, where, what direction we should go next in. I mean, there's sort of some kind of choices and obvious things we could maybe talk about next or not so obvious. And um, thanks a lot to Matt Oliveri, I hope I'm saying your last name correctly, um, for suggesting on our my tiny little discussion forum, which hasn't gotten a huge amount of use yet, but this was a great use. Thanks, Matt, for um, trying to start a thread for what, what we should talk about next. And um, uh, Matt had a couple suggestions, and one of them was realizability. And another was sort of anything that will get us closer to talking about Sedil, which is our, our type theory we're designing here at Iowa. So thanks for the, um, you know, interest in that direction, which is what we're working on here. So I'm certainly interested too. Uh, and I think I can satisfy both of these requests or these suggestions at the same time. So, um, you know, if you have other ideas, you know, just shoot me an email or you could post on this little discussion board on, the, on my website, on the Iowa Type Theory Community website. Um, off my homepage. So, but anyway, so I think what we can, I boldly decide, and I've been sort of waffling and decisive about this. Let's let's try chapter five to be about um, kind of some basic ideas in type theory design. Um, so, you know, you could call this kind of type theory design one or something like that. There's there's lots of design choices in trying to craft a type theory or dependently type programming language. And we already talked about some of them when we talked about dependent Haskell versus GADTs versus having the full Curry-Howard isomorphism. And, and there are yet more <laughs> possibilities. So, um, but the point I want to talk about, which is what um, related to what Matt was saying, and which is absolutely on the path to talking about our Sedil tool and theories here, is uh, this idea of... Um, and this is, you know, this is sort of heading towards realizability, and that's what made me think of this, is this question of um, uh, Curry style versus church style, okay? And uh, these are some, some terminology that's gotten coined along the way. Um, and what it's talking about is when you have, um, it's really talking about are your types erased at, um, you know, at runtime or are they still there? And from a programming language perspective, we've talked about this already too. You know, I think it's um, lots of programming languages researchers and lots of programming languages tools uh, erase types at runtime. You know, they're just, they're there to, you've got types in your code uh, because you, I mean, in some cases, you really don't need them at all. Uh, Hindley Milner type inference is complete for certain kinds of typing, I believe. So, you know, it, it, if you're writing in sort of vanilla mainstream Haskell or OCaml, you don't ever need to write down a type. The compiler can infer types for, if your program's typable, it can infer the, um, the most general type it could have, and it can just go from there. So, uh, but you might still write down a type in those languages as, as computer, you know, as machine check documentation. This is great. I mean, types do tell you something about your program behavior, just the way your comments do, too. And the difference, of course, is that nothing checks your comments, right? So we've all experienced, if you write code, the comments have gotten out of sync with the code. They don't make sense anymore. You're not really sure what they were trying to say. 
You, it sort of connects to the code still, but not exactly. I mean, it kind of stinks. Um, yeah, we still need comments. It's not to say we shouldn't write comments. Um, you know, but, but if you have something that gives you some information about what your program does, but can be checked by a type checker, um, which is what a uh, type annotation for a function, let's say, you know, so in Haskell, it's, it's common style. And I think it's suggested good practice. When you're writing a function, you declare the function's type, and then you put the code for the function. Even if Haskell could uh, figure out for you what the type is. Sorry, we have really kooky traffic situation here, which is rare for Iowa. Normally, we drive really nice here, but um, a bunch of people started turning left when they shouldn't have. Anyways, um, so, uh, yeah, so if you have a type that the compiler can type check, uh, can, oh yeah, so Haskell, sorry, you're, you know, you, you say, I've got my function, you know, list append or whatever, and you say colon colon if you're in Haskell. <laughs> uh, most everybody else writes single colon for typing, but hey, go, go for it, Haskell, double colon. Um, and then you put your type, and then you write your function, you know, list append, you put the code after that. And so even if though you probably didn't actually need to put that type, it's, it's helpful documentation. And it's a subtle thing here. I want to, I just, this sort of occurred to me now talking about this with you, which is partly why I like talking <laughs> to um, listeners. Uh, even if listeners pool went to zero, I probably would still do this because it's helpful. Um, I'm an auditory person. It's helpful to think and listen and talk and stuff to figure things out. Now, look, we were talking before about this kind of idea that um, uh, when you write, especially if you're writing like point-free code or something really, really dense, um, you know, the whole point is to be concise, but you may need some help in understanding what the heck it is that you just wrote <laughs> or what the heck it is that somebody else just wrote in this, you know, oh, flip of uncurry of the da 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 all these confusing combinators that let you write things really shortly or, or even if they're a little long without ever naming a variable. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I do really think there's some value to this. At least I'm very intrigued by that. Um, and uh, But you can't, it's, it's really tough to decipher what that's doing. You basically just have to run the type checker in your head at every point along some sort of pipeline of typing, you know, pipeline of, of functions. And this is mentally taxing. And so we want a tool that can tell us static information like types about our really concise, dense, hard to otherwise understand programs. And in a funny way, this writing a type annotation as good practice above your code is sort of a little hidden symptom, wouldn't you agree, of this very problem that we're not getting great type, we're not getting great information from our tools, right? So if I, if my tool just gave me this lavish amount of information, I wouldn't have to write in my code what the type of the function is. The tool knows that and it would just put it there for me. Now, there are some cases where there might be some non-determinism, some choices about what types things have. For example, in Haskell with numeric types, um, you know, is, is one an, an int or an integer or, well, it can be any a that's numeric A in the, in the, the num type class. So uh, if you want the number you wrote down to be a 64-bit integer, then you're going to say one colon colon int. Uh, you know, so there might be some cases where writing the type information um, actually causes Haskell at compile time to make some decisions about what the value will be at runtime. Um, but but this is a little bit anomalous, and I mean I I think it works out pretty well as a design 
decision in Haskell, and I'd, I haven't thought or heard you know all the ins and outs about why that might be a good or way to do it, a good way to do it. But um, you know, you could you could maybe criticize this about like, well, you know, it'd be nice if I really the types really didn't have any runtime import. I mean, there the types are still erased. They're just telling the compiler, I want to use this value at runtime. Um, so anyhow, but. Uh, anyhow, as I was saying, so having to write my types, or being you know, being sort of encouraged upon me to uh, write the type for a function in my source code is sort of a symptom of the fact that we're not getting the information out of the tools that we should be getting. There's no need for me to do that, you know, most of the time. Most of the time, the tool knows what type the thing has. So if I'm just putting it there for machine check documentation, that's actually, eh, you know. A little dubious. I mean, it's possible that again, there might be different ways for to present the type of information. Maybe I want to present it a certain way for human understanding. Maybe I have in mind I've got a function that takes like you know a triple of ints to another triple of ints, and I want this to be viewed as uh, you know a three dimensional point. And maybe I had a type definition that says point equals you know the, a triple of three ints or something like this. And so maybe I, I and, you know, this is a hard problem to. Uh, you know, you're you're gonna. It's it's hard to get the, to sort of coax the tool to display things the way you we want it to, and that's a problem we definitely um, think about some in Sedil as well. Um, anyhow, whoa, yeah, what what rabbit hole did I go down? So basically, you know, it's all just to come back and say, um, erasing your type information is a very you know solidly established um, design decision for programming languages, and it's funny that it's. It seems to be very controversial for type theories, <laughs> um, or at least fairly controversial. Um, Koch and Agda, for example, don't work that way. Um, or if they do erase some type information, it's as a sort of a behind-the-scenes optimization that you aren't really supposed to count on. As far as you know, that type information is there. And in particular, and this really you know rears its head with dependent types. In particular, at compile time reasoning about code, you are forced to you you need to treat those types as if they are actually intrinsic parts of your code. They're not erased; they're really there. And this can actually cause um, irritating, complicated hassles when reasoning about code. You know, you can get into situations where you're forced to reason about type annotations that you know you intend to be erased you have to reason about oh i ended up with i've got two expressions i'm trying to prove they're equal on one side i have this set of type annotations on the other side i have what i think is an equivalent set of type annotations the code otherwise is obviously equivalent but i'm stuck with sort of like different type annotations and i have to somehow reason about those Yuck, that's like totally not what I want to do. Um, the type annotations are there to help the tool type check your code, and they're not supposed to, in my opinion, um, be present at runtime or at compile time reasoning, because at compile time, you're reasoning about the runtime behavior of your code. You're proving theorems about, oh, this, you know, this, you know, calling this function with these arguments is the same as calling this other function with those arguments. You're reasoning about the runtime behavior of your code, and so you, you really shouldn't. I mean, I feel pretty strongly about this. Have to have those type annotations there, and so um, you know, I, I remember reading a paper, and I don't want to say who I think I remember it was because I don't want to get it wrong and be, you know, um, arguing with somebody uh, about who didn't say something that I think they're saying. But I remember reading a paper that's somewhere early in the paper said something like, "Typing comes first. 
there there were this was a strong you know uh you know point push that intrinsic typing these types are really part of the terms they you know they're they're inherent um I, I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> I think typing comes second. Typing is very important. I am a working type theorist. I, this is the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I believe strongly in types, but I believe even more strongly in computation. So to me, computation comes first and types come second. And I will explain to you a little more what I mean about this point that's got me in complete passionate overdrive here um, the next time I speak with you. Thank you very much for listening.